Hey everyone, welcome to today's podcast where we have none other than founder and leader of Ladies All Ride, Lindsay Reichter. Lindsay's been on a mission to change women's lives with two wheels and some dirt for the last 12 years. She's truly an industry veteran. Having traveled the world and riding bikes for the last 20 years, she has seen it all. From Scorts, yeah, you heard that right, to women joining her camps in the last year just to learn to whip a bike like the ladies in Red Bull Formation. Stay tuned as Lindsay and her team will be releasing the dates of their 2023 skills camps in the beginning of the year. I can't tell you all just how much Lindsay personally inspires me, and I hope she does the same to all of you listening at home. So sit back and enjoy our chat with the all-amazing, all-inspiring, kick-ass Lindsay Reichter. Hello and welcome everyone to the Women's MTB Network podcast. I'm Mia, and I'm going to be your host. Our podcasts are about sharing information on all things mountain bikes from a woman's perspective. We'll be talking about bikes, components, gear, upcoming events, coaching, and much, much more. Our goal is to connect women from across the globe and inspire folks to ride, regardless of age or skill level. We'll have guests from all over the world with all types of backgrounds and different riding styles. So get comfy and be inspired to ride. Hi, Lindsay. How are you today? Hey there. I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. I know we we're talking earlier how I've been wanting to do this for a long time with you. You have been one of my number one supports. You're the first person I came to with this idea. And you were anything. I remember you saying anything you need from me, Mia, I can help you. And so I'm, I'm super stoked to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for um, having me. I'm excited to be here. Yay. So you were, we were talking, you run the Ladies All Ride which is a camp, well, not a camp, really. It's you do camps all across the country. It's a series, yeah. right? Yeah. It's a series um, of uh, skills camps, yeah. How many skills camps do you have a year? Does it we, vary? Uh, well, I mean, we've increased as we've grown. Uh, the demand was there, and so we've just kept adding camps each year. Um, about 16 is what we do. Um, we're very... We're very proud of uh, quality over quantity. So we try to just throw really quality events and give some space in between so that we all can be fresh for the next one. It's a lot of output emotionally and physically to run these yeah. camps. And we all do it because we love mountain biking and we love inspiring women and building community. Um, but you're putting a lot of yourself out there, you know, so we spread them out and um, do 16 throughout the summer. All That's the insane. Wait, just throughout the summer? Like, when does it start? Like, May? Yeah. Uh, we do start in, actually, April. Sorry. Dang. <laughs> and it goes till now. Well, October. We just ended end of October. Yep. It's pretty much, yeah, April through October is the hustle. That's insane. Have you seen yeah. a growth even more in the last couple of years? Like, do you have demand for other areas for you yeah, to Yeah, we through? get requested a lot. A lot of people want us to come to their area, um, which is really flattering. Um, but we're pretty particular in the kinds of venues that we choose because it is, it's quite a production. You know, these are events and there's 60 or more women showing up, plus all of our coaches and volunteers. So yeah. nearly 100 women at each event. And there's a lot of factors to consider for when we run these. Like, a safe skills area to practice stuff, uh, most likely in grass where you can get, you know, um, work on your skills and drills and develop body awareness and 
start developing muscle memory by practicing things in a safe environment. Then we take it to the trail. So we like to go to venues where we have the ability to do the skills and drills in a safe area and then go Mm -hmm. ride right from there onto trails. Um, With that said, there's eight to 10 groups of women that need to stay spread out. So we need a pretty big trail network to be able to run these. So I've been traveling through the bike industry, in the bike industry, traveling the country uh, for the bike world um, for 20 years now. So I've had enough time to uh, kind of assess and see what's out there and pick wow. up So yeah. Wow. And okay. So then follow up. Is there any areas that you've been to that you would like to go to that has that capacity to, to, you know, have 60 plus women and the skills area and trail networks? Is there a spot that it's like your dream spot? that you haven't been to? Well, I think we go to our dream spots, which is kind of the point, you know, uh, after 20 years of traveling around the country, I've found some places that I really like and we tend to go there, you know, we go places where we want to go. It's also part of our, the joy of what we do is bringing coaches together. And for all of us, it's, it's kind of a working vacation. We get to have a couple days where we get to ride together. So it's really fun to go places where we want to go. Sedona, Arizona, Montana, yeah. Wyoming. But I will say we get a lot of requests for California. We were just talking about that. You yeah. And, I. and um, it's a big state and there's a lot of people. So we tried our first year. We went to um, Marin County and we got to use okay. a private, a private school, which was super random. We just happened to meet someone who worked at this private school and they said, well, we have mountain bike trails on campus. They had horses. It was all, it was crazy. Um, wow. So we hosted it at this school, which was amazing. But then when we went to go do our trail rides, we had to bring our own shuttle vans down from Oregon. And then we got stuck Ooh. in traffic for 45 minutes trying to get to the trailheads. And we were just like, Ooh, California's hard. So we never went back to the Marin venue, but we have been trying to go to Tahoe area and it's just not working out. It's not working out. It sucks. We can't find the right venue. We've had lots of people try to help us. We were going to go to the Donner Adventure Center, but then the Homeowners Association wanted to take most of our money Um, and we're pretty small and we don't, we try not to charge very much so that they can be affordable and to yeah. go to a venue that wants money from us, it's just not what we do. Most venues see that we're bringing 80 women to their area. Most of them are coming from out of town. Yeah. So a lot of these venues that we use, they welcome us. They want us there. They help us. They don't 100%. try to make a bunch of money off of us because we're bringing people to spend money there. Right. So right. You know, it's kind of, it's just tough. And permitting, California is really hard to get permitting and we do everything by the book. If you operate a commercial business on trails, you have to have permits and California makes it really hard. Yeah. So not everywhere works, you know, (laughs) I do have a few dream locations. We've been trying to go to a lot of different places that we haven't been able to find the right venue just for what we do. You know, there's great venues for coaching, uh, just not great venues for the events we run. It's just like a race series in a way, you know, they're going to pick the trails that work the best for the style of race that they're hosting and our style of camps are, they require yeah. a certain kind of venue. Yeah, no, hundred percent. But you go to some amazing places. Like I, my bucket list is to do your Montana one at one point, yeah. even like Wyoming, the location is just absolutely yeah. beautiful. And I'm sure the trails are even more outstanding. Like the fun that you have on those trails must be amazing. That's super um, fun. 
I'm wondering if uh, Mammoth, have you ridden up in Mammoth Lakes before? I've ridden at Mammoth at the Downhill Park when they hosted the a race there. Um, and there, I just didn't find a lot of good teaching spots. Yeah. We like technical. Mm-hmm. So if there's not a lot of technical, I think Mammoth is a little bit like Mount Bachelor where we live, where it's kind of powdery, kind of moon dusty. Yeah. 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 So we really like places that have rocks and roots and jumps and drops because we're teaching people how to handle the the technical stuff you know so yeah we, we like to go places that have a little technar so that we can challenge people and really help them get more comfortable with technical riding because that's that's the hard part of mountain biking you know I think a lot of people can get on a bike and go ride a smooth trail yeah um, but start throwing some rocks and roots and some chunky chunk gnar <laughs> they need to understand what to do to get through it. Hundred percent. That's what I heard at Rome too from a lot of people. I've ridden in Sedona a while, but a lot of people were saying it's a very humbling experience riding in Sedona because it's the the tech there is just something that is not common in other areas. Yeah, um, it's constant. It is one of my favorite places to coach for sure because yeah. you don't have to go far. You know, because we don't want people, we don't want fitness to be a, an inhibitor. We don't mm-hmm. need you to be super fit to come to our camps. We're not shredding miles and miles of trail we're stopping and we're working on skills and so places like Sedona they just cut down on that pedaling time so we can stop in session and really get good at understanding how to work on these technical features and so a place like Sedona is a dream come true you know then you come to a place like Bend where we actually live and host four camps and it's great we love it and I think people enjoy the pedaling component but you're literally like okay 10 more minutes and we'll get to that next rock. Just hang with me. Okay. We're just going to slow pedal. It's going to be pretty. Look around. Can't teach you anything right now. There's nothing to teach you. So, so the well, yeah. matters. Sedona, it's nothing, but you know, you're going downhill and then you're punching back up and yeah. you're downhill and you're, like, it's pretty much up and down like the whole time. Yeah, totally. It's great. Yeah. What's your favorite trail in Sedona? Do you have one? Just out of curiosity. Oh, I love, I really love them all. I mean, you know, I love, I love Highline because I love techie climbing. Um, Mm -hmm. And this year I actually rode most of the lines on Highline that I hadn't ridden before, which was interesting. That's amazing. As I get older, I just feel more controlled on my bike, I guess. Um, (laughs) And then I rode up a trail called Transept that cuts into the top of Highline. We rode up it and I had a blast up that. I love all the hogs. Yeah, I just I love I love chunky techie riding. Um, I yeah. love that Sedona is punchy, but no like super long extended climbs. I do love climbing. I live in Colorado part time, and that's a whole different ball game. You're climbing yeah. twenty five hundred feet in one go with no breaks, you know, and that's a different kind of riding. I really enjoy Sedona style. Like game on, moving the body, making it happen, fully engaged. Don't have a second to drift off in thought. You just have to stay in the moment and make it happen. And it's work. And I love it. It is a lot of work. After my second day of riding there, I, for some reason, I, we only did like six and a half miles and I hadn't ridden Sedona in like a year and a half. Um, And so I got off the bike and later that evening, I'm like, 
why do my triceps hurt? And I <laughs> right? went to dinner with Emma and I was like, you're a coach. Can you tell me what I'm doing wrong? And she's like, me, it's the technical climbing. It's probably because you were pushing your bike up and you're using more of your upper body. And, and I'm like, oh crap, I forgot. It's really gnarly out here. You know, it's, you're using things that you don't typically do. I yeah. don't typically, like Southern California, I do a lot of trail riding. It's not so much technical. It's more climbing and, and downhill flow. Yeah. Um, so it is very, very different. Yeah. It's so awesome. for ladies that would like to come to one of your camps, is your website the best place for them to find all of that information? Absolutely. Yes. Ladiesallride.com. Okay. And it has... really means that ladies should all ride together. <laughs> I'd love just that. All ride in general. We should all ride bikes because the more women who ride bikes, the more women will find confidence in themselves and the world will become a better place. And there's something to be said to that 100%. Um, again, I'm going to touch back on Rome because it's the only reference I have where I, I heard women coming back from trail rides saying, man, if I had that support in my everyday life, I would never be upset. I would be always be confident. I would always feel happy because it is like you, you finish a feature and everyone's like, oh, yeah, that was so good. Do it again. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, the riding with women gives you different type of confidence because I don't feel we're competing so much as we're encouraging each other and supporting each other and what we're doing. Yeah, there's very much a uh, just this kind of underlying feeling of, wait, if she can do it, maybe I can do it too. Yeah. You know, but a lot of us, I think a lot of women who started a while ago started with men, just that's just kind of how it was. I've asked thousands of women how they got into mountain biking, and I'd say 90% would say, oh, from a guy or an ex boyfriend who I don't date anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I just found that all these women getting into sports because of men maybe had an experience of not being able to keep up, not stopping and sessioning things. It just was a different experience. And so seeing all these women nowadays getting into this sport with a gaggle of women cheering them yeah. on and stopping and sessioning and coaching and helping them understand it has just changed the whole mentality of the sport. And it's just awesome. And I'm sure you've seen a huge growth in the last 12 years that you've had ladies all ride, right? Especially, I would say yeah. in the last two to three years with COVID, there's been a huge boost. Would yes. you say? Oh, for sure. For sure. And you, like I said, I've been in the bike industry 20 years. And my first half of that, I was going to all the big races because my ex-husband was a pro racer and a free rider. So I was going mm -hmm. to these big crankworks, big bike festivals, sea otter. I've been to 18 sea otters. And, oh, my um, God. I've really seen the growth in women at these big events. There was very little presence for women. There were very few women on the teams. Um, there were no companies really speaking directly to women. I remember she beast was around and that felt like one of the only companies making stuff for women. I remember Fox actually, because my ex was rode for Fox, which is a clothing company. Mm -hmm. They made skorts. no, this is in like 2002, 2003. They made skorts with chamois under them. And I would get invited to go to these photo shoots with him and just be like, it'd be snowing out and I'm wearing this like skirt with a chamois under it. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I, just, I don't know. I uh, Kind of isn't my thing to wear a skirt when I ride, but 
that just totally reminded me of a league of their own when they want to put the women in sh- sh- uh, skirts go when they're baseball players. The it's like the skirt on. Go crash off your bike with a skirt that's just going to lift to all of your skin up, to expose your skin. Wow. Yeah, so, um, well, I'm glad that doesn't exist anymore. 100% have seen the growth in women in this sport, not only on bikes, uh, but in the companies that run the bike world. It's been really awesome to see. It's crazy when you have this vision. So I feel like it was so long ago. I just remember racing in the, in the late 1900s when I started mountain biking, (laughs) uh, I was one of the only women going to these races. There were like five in my category of all ages. And I just kind of didn't think anything of it. But then when I got married and was just kind of thrust into the bike industry, I was managing his career and we mm-hmm. sponsored our kids race team and we had demo bikes. Like we traveled the country back and forth all year round. Um, I just remember wanting women to ride with. And that was my first desire was just like, okay, all the women I'm meeting at these races are pros and that's yeah. a little intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, the women I'm meeting who aren't pros aren't riding bikes because they're scared of the sport. I just kind of saw this theme with either you rode and you were super gnarly and a racer yeah. or you just didn't the women I was around just didn't have any interest in riding because they were intimidated by the sport so to see what it's doing now compared to then is just like oh well I feel like I can just retire my job is done there's <laughs> women in the sport now I can find friends to ride with everywhere I go there the is and I think it's real <laughs> yeah and for me who's hasn't been in in it as nearly as long as you I still crave for more You know, I still think there has to be more. There has to still be companies. I was talking to someone a couple of weeks ago that works for a big brand, um, outdoor brand. And she was telling me that even though they design women's clothing, it's the men who are still making those decisions or who have the authority to approve or, or not approve something. It's still not so much women's opinion or advice on how something should fit for a woman. So there's still some work to go, but I believe that, you know, we've come away. We've come a little bit of a way. I saw a ton of women at Rome for all the companies, Rocky Mountain, obviously Liv, uh, Juliana, Industry 9, everyone. They they all had a bunch of women out there, which was so good. So yeah, good. That's, it's really cool. Even our clothing sponsor, you know, we went from a clothing company that we were with for a good 12 years. Um, and while we were actually working with women on the other side, it wasn't women who were the actual final decision makers. We felt like we were getting just a little lost in that company. And that's when Wild Rye uh, came on board as our title clothing sponsor. And that's just been a dream come true. It's a woman-owned brand. It's yeah. women who work there, clothes designed for the woman's body. So they're really diving into trying to create really good mountain bike apparel that fits all body types and not just saying that like truly I'll send them a message and say, Hey, there's one of our coaches can't fit into the stuff. And they're like, get her measurements. You know, they want to know like what's her waist size, what are her hips and how can we accommodate that smaller hipped, bigger waist or bigger booty? You know, women are just like, there's so many body types. It's very hard to keep like this. I'm literally built like a bean pole. I have no curves (laughs) anywhere. No, no in, no out, nothing. I'm just like, I used to say I'm built like a little boy, but we don't say that anymore. I'm built like a tooth, like a woman, woman. Yeah. (laughs) A A very non curvy woman. 
you know, so no, that's, but- that's got its own challenges, but I, I want to see, I see all sizes at our camps and I want every size, every body type to feel like they can fit into mountain bike apparel, you know, and yeah. just feel comfortable in the clothing. They're the one brand that I've asked for Christmas for my wife, who's probably listening. Um, <laughs> I have not tried them yet, and I want to. They're the one brand that I haven't tried on wild rye pants. I really, really want to try them on. And my friend who has been helping me with this, Becca, she's gotten some really good friends who have ridden wild rye pants, and they have nothing but good things to say. So I'm like, okay, I need to get my hands on those. Because while I like Shredley and I wear their clothing as well, I have nothing against them. Um, they're not as durable for some of the writing that I do, but I've heard that wild right is. So oh, I crash tested it for sure. <laughs> you crashed it. I've eaten a lot of shit in their shorts and there's no holes in them yet. <laughs> yeah, that's good to know. That's good to know. I'm <laughs> no, for real. That's it. important. We bang against trees. We fall. You know, there's a lot of falling in mountain biking. The stuff has to be durable. There's nothing worse than spending upwards of a hundred dollars on something that's not going to outlast a couple crashes because that's what we do in mountain biking you know we fall down runners don't fall like we do (laughs) yeah and I mean that has happened to several other pieces that I've had I mean you got to even think about something happened to me last week uh I was wearing my new pants that I got and my pedals just hit the top of my thigh just a little bit when I was doing something and it put a hole in it yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh my God, what, what did I do? No. It's like, I can't touch, you know, I have to. Totally. so I, I really want to try some of the wild rye. Um, Give me feedback. Let me know because I want, they want to know, they care. They want to know what body types are not feeling comfortable. You know, the ones who are, that's yeah. great. They're going to buy it. But the ones who tried it on and don't feel like the fit is just right. They want to know. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to definitely, I'll let you know. I think we're going to get some during Black Friday. I hope they're having some deals. I, I follow them a lot and I think they always have women-led really good Wednesday. Deals. They have a good, they have a women-led Wednesday thing going on next Wednesday. Oh, it's instead of Black Friday, they have women-led women Wednesday. Led, that's and amazing. I yes, love that. So that'll be splashed all over social media. So I, I recommend you promote that as well. There's Absolutely. a lot of women brands that are, that are signed up for that to attract consumers to the women-led Wednesday movement, buy from women, and then they encourage that Black Friday, we all get outside and don't shop. (laughs) That's actually really good because I've had on my list to do for the website for the longest time. I have a running list of business, mountain bike businesses that are run by women, and I want to put that on the website. So maybe I can work on that this weekend and then have something posted about it for Wednesday. So it's women-led Wednesday. Here are the businesses. Um, That'd be amazing. Was that your dog, Izzy? Yep. How is she doing? Lizzie, come here. She's good. Come oh, here. Look at her. She's like, oh, what? Oh, gosh. Oh. <laughs> oh, she's so cute. <gasps> Isn't she cute? Hey, she's girl. like a little hairy monkey. How old I is went, she? I went from pit bulls to this. <laughs> <laughs> she's nine months. She's a puppy. She's a puppy puppy. Yeah. I'm just a puppy. I'm from a New Mexico reservation, and I have like Aww. 15 breeds in me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What's the biggest breed? What's the, like... Uh, Shih Tzu, Poodle, Dachshund, Flat Coat Retriever, Pug, and Chihuahua. Dear sweet baby Jesus. She's a mutt. <laughs> She's a mutt. <laughs> uh, total super mutt. From pit bulls <laughs> to super mutt. Oh, well, yeah. that's amazing. I'm glad yeah. she's doing well. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, So I, I have kind of a, I don't know if this is a deep question, but I've been wanting to ask you, what inspires you to keep going and doing what you do? Uh, I, so many things, but 
really, this is just something I truly believe that it's my calling. They say, I don't know who they is, but you hear, try to find your calling, try to find what you're meant to do. And that feels like so much pressure, you know, even as a kid, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I mean, I feel like my first thoughts were always like, am I going to grow up? (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) No one ever told me I needed to. Peter Um, Pan. Totally. You know, I, um, honestly, what keeps me going now, as I get older, it's hard. It's a lot of hustle. I travel a lot. My body goes through a lot. I give a lot of myself at these events and in between because I, I express vulnerability a lot to help others relate. I've always wanted ladies all ride to, it's a brand of mountain bike skills camps, but I always wanted people to have someone to connect with on the other side. So that's why I connect my name to the movement is because I just want people to feel like they, they know someone that they can maybe relate to is, is there waiting for them? Um, which is all my coaches. Um, and what keeps me going and I would probably, I could probably speak for a lot of us at ladies all ride is the joy we get in watching women accomplish things that they didn't think they could do. I mean, that's really the main thing is that you get this wide range of all walks of life, all colors, all body types, LGBTQ plus, you know, people who are introverts, extroverts, doctors, lawyers, the housekeepers, whatever, from all these different places who are connected by the bike. And so first witnessing that connection and seeing people kind of melt into, we try to make a really welcoming environment. You know, we do our best to make sure we we express that we have no egos here and that we're all vulnerable. And uh, I express that I deal with mental health issues and depression has been a big theme in my life. And so I think what really keeps me going is being able to inspire women to see that, that mountain biking is so much more than a sport. It's really a lifestyle that can bring so much into their lives. Community. I didn't find my people for a really long time. I got kicked out of my sorority in college don't what? Know, yeah, it's a, okay. whole, it's a whole nother. That's a whole podcast. <laughs> but it, that was a really big fuck you. You don't fit in here, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. really? Okay. Blonde white girl that doesn't fit in. Awesome. Um, oh, and gosh. that really opened my eyes to just how other people who maybe aren't as fortunate or as privileged as me feel like not fitting in. Um, and so with mountain biking, I really wanted to create a space a, where I felt like I fit in because it gave me that. And then I wanted other women to feel like they fit in and that the common connector is the bike. And um, I just think that seeing women think they can't do something. How many 60-year-olds have I met who are like, I can't wheelie. What are you talking about? I'm too old for that, honey. And then they pop a wheelie and they're like, holy shit, I wheelie. My grandkids are going to think I'm so cool. You know, that's amazing. Right there, you're just like job done. You know, it's it's really it's really the joy I get from seeing other women realize their capabilities and then look at us and go, "Holy shit, I didn't know I could do that." And then we just look back at them and go, "Yeah, what else do you think you can't do that you probably can?" And that's a big part of this. You know, I just got goosebumps. It's it's more than biking and. 
to be someone who grew up not really understanding my place in the world, not really trusting women, especially after getting kicked out of a sorority, that's a whole bunch of women saying, you don't belong here. We don't want you. Yeah. Um, that, that sent me into my twenties kind of with a big fuck you to women, uh, yeah. I got into advertising and I was into mountain bike racing and I would just chase boys. I even thought yeah. about the, the title of my next book is going to be chase from chasing boys to leading women. <laughs> that because- is an amazing, amazing title. And I think you should, you should, do you have a book? Because I'll help do anything I can to get that. <laughs> I do there. have a children's book, but not well, right. But like yeah. a life, Lindsay's life story, right? You chasing know? Like- boys, because it really, a lot of my life was about chasing boys. I felt like the boys accepted me more, even if they rejected me in a way physically of being better than me, I thrived chasing the boys down and beating the boys. And when I turned to mountain bike racing to get my fitness back and to just have a, a competitive sport in my life again, I was really racing boys most of the time. Um, when I did start racing women, it wasn't the same. We were like cheering each other on, telling each other, good job, saying all oh, that, that second corner is really gnarly. Watch out for that, like helping yeah. each other. You know, so I've never really felt that co- competition with women. Once I met more women in mountain biking, it became more of a camaraderie and that blew my mind. And it really opened up my eyes to there's got to be more women like me who have this kind of aggressive personality who doesn't really know where we fit in amongst women if we're not finding them in the right places. So yeah. I really took it upon myself, you know, over a decade ago to try to be a voice for mountain biking to help women see that this sport can really do so much for you as far as building courage and strength and just seeing what you're made of. Yeah. Yeah. That's so amazing. I really did get goosebumps because everything you talk about is everything that I want to do in life as well. Just, just seeing someone be able to accomplish something they didn't think they could do. And like you touched on, we've been ingrained to be second place in everything that we, we do in life and to not be confident when we are like, we can rule the world. God damn it. That's how yeah. I think of it. You know? Totally. We can do whatever we want. Yeah. Um, but that really is amazing, Lindsay. I think what you do is is just so inspiring. It's so Thank inspiring. Thanks. Um, I appreciate it. So if someone wants to coach for you, yeah. how can someone reach out to you and volunteer? Let's do, let's do coaching first, coaching volunteer, and then regular volunteers, people like me who are not coaches and would love to volunteer. Totally. Yeah. We have a whole program uh, for people who want to just help out just to be a part of it. We have a lot of women who are past participants who are like, oh my gosh, I love this. I just want to be around it. So they come volunteer. And then we have a lot of people who are interested in coaching so they can go through our coaching program. Um, you just email us. People can go to our website, ladiesallride.com. And uh, there's a, you know, contact us, which is really just info at ladiesallride.com. Um, and just tell us, hey, I'm a coach. And you tell us your, if you have certifications. And then we give you our schedule and we send a formal letter inviting people to sign up for whatever camps they're interested in coming to. Unfortunately, we get a lot of people who want to come and you can can only pick so many. Uh, So that's, that breaks my heart. I'm just like, I want all 60 (laughs) of you to come to every camp because you're all amazing. (laughs) But it's also what keeps it fresh for me is I go to all the camps, but I have a different team at a lot of the camps. 
Right. Um, I have a few coaches who travel with me everywhere, but a lot of co- a lot of camps, there's a different team. And it's really exciting for me because it's all fresh. Like I see them a couple times a year to coach and it's awesome. But anyway, yeah, you just message us and tell us your credentials and that you're interested. And then you'll pick some locations that you want to come to. And if you get picked, usually first time is volunteer mm-hmm. to just shadow a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, see if you like our style. You know, we try mm-hmm. to have a unique program where we, our coaches have their own, their own style of coaching. We don't do mm-hmm. anything by any book. We're all certified coaches. I've been certified by a bunch of companies for over a decade. Um, and wow. I've kind of created my own coaching style using all of my knowledge and my experience. And so we also pass that down to the coaches. So if you are shadowing us, you're going to hear maybe some new things, uh, see some new types of drills that we do to help uh, people practice things that are very relatable to the trail. Mm -hmm. Um, We're not big fans of just like making you go back and forth on the grass. We like to create little obstacle courses and stuff to help people really hone in on their skills. So that coach will shadow us and see how they feel. And then they'll move into an assistant role and then a co-coaching role. We kind of have a program, a tiered program that people will go through because um, we do have a lot of uh, really experienced coaches. And I think that's something that we're really proud of is we have been doing this a really long time and we do have a lot of coaches who have the experience and with mountain bike coaching experience is a big deal. And just like anything, you're like, well, how do I get the experience? If I don't have the experience, I need the experience. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's, we try to give them that experience by coming and shadowing and then assisting And then co-coaching where two coaches come up with a plan together and they learn how to work together. And then from there you can become a head coach. And then the same with volunteers. You just hit us up and tell us you want to volunteer and pick some camps you want to go to and hopefully it works out that you get to come to one. Yeah. And for everyone listening, I'm going to post all this information on our website, on the podcast, on YouTube. So you can, you can just one click away, contact Lindsay and her crew and even go to her website, anything that you, you all need. Um, I am so star- uh, bummed, not starved. I was bummed. I wasn't able to volunteer for one of your camps this summer or sorry, this, uh, fall because I'd broken my wrist. I had this issue Aww. with my wrist in October and Allie was like, Nia, do you want to come volunteer Aww. in Sedona? And I was like, oh my God. Yes, but I can't. <laughs> it was oh, so hard. And then it turned it. out it that wasn't sucks. broken. I had a doctor tell me that I had necrosis in one of my bones. So like one of my bones in my wrist was dying. And so I freaked out. And then he goes, well, I'll send you to an actual hand specialist. And I'm like, well, what are you? He did knees. He was a knee orthopedic. And I'm like, why am I at a knee orthopedic? It's a different body part. So I went to the hand doctor and he's like, no, it's not. You don't have necrosis. I think what you have is tendonitis and carpal tunnel. So let's do some tests and stuff. And thankfully, like- and so then by the time I was ready to email her back and say, yes, I just need to find an Airbnb and I can come and, and volunteer for you guys. I got bronchitis. So oh, <laughs> it was literally oh. like it wasn't meant to be. You're like, but, not this year. Uh, so it. I'm on the radar. Hopefully next year I'll be able to come help you all out over there in Sedona and, and uh, whatever you need. Anything. I'll awesome. even be your water person. Like anything. Anything. <laughs> Awesome. awesome. <laughs> Are all uh, levels, skill levels welcome at your camps or yep. do you prefer beginners or? All skill levels are welcome from new, new riders, never mountain biked before um, to advanced. 
-hmm. However, it's been an interesting year since formation happened. I think more women are seeing what women are capable of. You know, I think it was just rampage. It was kind of like, yeah, let the boys ride down those big steep cliffs and whatnot. And now that more women are doing it and they're throwing down some tricks, we're getting girls coming to our camps like, I want to learn to whip. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. And we're like, okay, well, hold on here. Like, you <laughs> need to know how to do a few other things before we're going to teach you how to whip. Plus, yeah. not many of us are whippers. So. <laughs> We do encourage the people who have very specific advanced goals, like whipping, uh, to attend a private clinic, you know, just like a private lesson with a one-on-one coach. And, and there are a lot of coaches out there. I mean, if you've ever heard of like cat sweet with sweet lines Mm -hmm. up in the Seattle area, she's been coaching jumping for a really long time. And I, we send a lot of people to her. We're like, you want to learn how to get a little styly in the air Go to someone who's been primarily coaching jumping and get a one-on-one lesson. Coming to yeah. a, an event that's really meant to create connection. And of course, it's based in skill building because that's what we do all day. Right. But it's also very life-changing and very, we're, we're relating mountain biking to life. We're having lunch together. We have education stations where people can learn to fix their bikes and fix a flat. And we have fear talks and it's a whole event. So we're definitely telling people that if you have specific goals uh, yeah. that are more advanced, this isn't the place for you. Yeah, but still yeah. an amazing event nonetheless. Yeah, you for know, sure. I was trolling Red Bull's page over the last couple of years. Um, oh, yeah. Basically just saying, why isn't this being televised? Like, formation is Um, and I'm sure they're probably working towards it I'm sure it's something they're working towards but the second year they this is their second year right they just had it the second year and I was just floored everywhere I could share everything I was sharing it and I had friends of mine who don't ride bikes texting me going are you watching this these ladies are killing it I thought it was the guys going down here no these are these women kicking ass down these hills (laughs) I love it and yeah, so I was just, I was just trolling Red Bull and I'm like, this needs to be televised. When are you getting this televised? Right. That's but like funny. I said, hopefully they're working, they're working towards it. They have a lot of really good people. I would love to volunteer to be a digger at, at, at formation. Totally. Yeah. need to find the right person to, to stalk online and be like, let me come help you. Oh, I'm sure Katie Holden can connect you with someone who wants a digger. Well, I need. A, I would love to connect with her. I, I haven't been able to do that yet, um, but I'm going to keep trying. <laughs> I can connect you with Katie. She's probably oh, yeah? busy right now, but yeah. Yeah, she's a it's very a small busy industry. We're all friends. Any of us who've been in it for a while, <laughs> Katie and I have done a lot together over the last 20 years. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Um, so one, uh, one of the thing I wanted to touch on with you was the girls all right. You also do something for the younger generation. Is yeah. that right? Yes. We have a girls all right program. We did take it on the road for a couple of years and we just didn't have the, the signups and it's really more of an intensive program that should just be in one place because we okay. work on confidence building. We use a book called the confidence code for mm-hmm. girls with a workbook and a journal So it's a little more intimate than just a mountain bike skills camp for girls. It's definitely focused on helping them build self-esteem and confidence and 
helping them understand what a good friend looks like and a bad friend looks like and smart risks versus dumb risks. Like this book is great. And so we integrate mountain bike skills with this book and try to help the younger generation of girls see how sport in general, movement, challenging yourself physically Mm-hmm. translates into emotional well-being and um, community building. We're yeah. really trying to help them see the relationship between sport and life and that they can develop strength and confidence using sport. Mm-hmm. Um, we help them understand that falling down is part of life and how to brush yourself off and get back up and how to identify when you're actually injured versus just yeah. scraped up and it's really, it's become a really cool program. I pretty much came up with it and passed it on to some of my team here because I travel too much to be here for the girls. Mm -hmm. And we have an awesome team of women here running this program and loving it. And we're hoping that just keep, to keep seeing it grow because there are some youth programs in Bend, but they're very focused on race development. Mm -hmm. And so we saw a need to create a program for girls. That's just about having fun on the bike and building friendships and confidence. So it's really cool. And you have that every year as well. Is it a few times a year? Yeah, it's all through the summer. So they can choose different programs. They can come to the five week program where they're meeting twice a week for five weeks. They can Mm -hmm. come just to the two day program. It's we have a bunch of different ones. We have a couple that are a week long. So every day for a week of the summer, they can come. So we're just kind of trying to develop the programming, talking to parents, seeing what they need. Yeah. 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 It's really cool. Yeah. When my goddaughter's old enough, I'm totally going to get her on this. Oh, she's yeah. only three and she's already on the balance bike. Like we always have to tell her to put her helmet on because she just wants to get on the bike and go. <laughs> yeah, totally. I love it. I love it. Well, that's where my book comes in. Yay. Yeah. yeah, let's talk about your book. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Yeah, it's really this woman, Heidi from Seattle, came to me uh, during COVID. She you know, my first love is writing, writing, you know, writing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm a journalism major and I was in advertising and PR and I love writing. And so I write a lot on social media, even it's like my teachable stuff. I see all these girls now posting stuff on social media and like talking into the camera. And I'm like, I just, I'm not interested in that. I like writing. (laughs) I'm just going to write it. And if you want to read it, fine. If not, sorry, I'm not for you, you know? And so this woman, Heidi, just happened to just pay attention to my writing, I guess, and messaged me one day and said, I'm in Seattle. And during COVID, uh, the trails were super crowded and nobody seemed to have good etiquette. And I was thinking, I just had this crazy idea to write a book about etiquette in mountain biking. And I'm coming to you to see if you want to write it. And I was like, what? (laughs) So I thought about it and was like, okay, a book about etiquette for kids that just seems a little too heavy for a kid's book. And Mm -hmm. I remember looking at one of my friends one day, he was one of my main coaches. And I said, I'm interested in it. I just don't know. Etiquette's a big word. And she was like, there's your title. (laughs) And once I kind of thought about the title, I was like, okay, then I'm not going to dumb the book down. Cause you kind of think if you're going to write for kids that you have to use short words and be really basic. And then I started studying children's books and I really found myself coming back to Dr. Seuss and Dr. Seuss is fun to read at any age. Yeah. I thought this isn't just a book for kids. Let's be real. 
this is a book for adults too. And Mm -hmm. anyone who rides a bike or plays in the outdoors really. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just kind of played around with rhyme and Heidi and I together just wrote out kind of the lessons that we thought people needed to hear. Mm -hmm. And then I just took it to rhyme and I spent a whole winter obsessing on this book. I probably worked 13 hours a day on it. Oh my finding gosh. the right rhyming word because rhyming is an art it has to be oh, yeah. like each sentence has to be the same amount of syllables and the rhyming words has to have to land in the same spot mm-hmm. so that just became like the coolest word puzzle I've ever done in my life <laughs> that's so good and I just fell in love with it and so yeah it here it is etiquette is a big word and it's uh, in rhyme and it's a fun book and it's not dumbed down so I fear parents. I actually had a parent say to me that he thought his nine-year-old might be too old for this, but he wanted him to read it with him. This is a guy from singletracks.com actually. Mm-hmm. And he said that his nine-year-old loved it. It didn't awesome. feel, it didn't feel too young for him. And he had asked him at the beginning, do you know what etiquette means? And he said, I no, I actually don't. And then at the end of the book, he asked him, so do you know what etiquette means now? And his interpretation was to treat the places you play in well and to be nice to people. And I was like, ah, what an amazing kid. That's so good. So yeah, so that's really the theme of the book, you know, is to the book is about being prepared. It's a kid's version of like, having your parents help you make sure you have everything in your pack and be prepared. So you don't go out there without tools and food Mm -hmm. and stuff and Mm -hmm. know where you're going. Um, And then it gets into like, Etiquette on who has the right of way, horses on the trail, passing people when they're going slower than you and mm-hmm. picking up trash when you see it. Yes. Uh, and our little heroine, Izzy, is a strong, independent little trail steward. Is, uh, <laughs> it, because it's called mountain biking adventures with Izzy, etiquette is a big word. I've left yeah. it open for all the different life lessons that Izzy, a.k.a. Lindsay, <laughs> has learned from the bike, right? She's like the kid I wish I was, someone who's just ready to change the world. When you bikes as her tool. So I'm channeling the inner me into this little girl, Izzy. And I'm looking at it right now. It's available on Amazon and I'm going to go get one for my godkids right now because every year I buy them a book. Oh, I love Christmas. They get a book for Christmas. They're big readers. Their mom's a big reader. And you're talking about Dr. Seuss. We were over there on Saturday night. We usually see each other every Saturday night. Um, And CJ set up a little book stand and he's like, Auntie Nia, which one do you want to buy? And I was like, oh, I've never read Dr. Seuss before. And everyone was shocked, but I hadn't. Like, I didn't grow up with that. I grew up in Mm -hmm. Brazil and Australia. So that wasn't really, we had like comic books. That was my thing. Yeah, I Um, love it. And, and he asked me, he's like, what book are we getting this year from Santa Claus? And I was like, well, I don't know, but I got to find one. And now here it is. I'm going to get it. <laughs> so good. So good. Yeah, it's fun. It's been really fun. So that's kind of my future, I think, is going to be just continuing to spread the, the gospel of mountain biking through the younger generation to hope that more kids see the value in a sport that they can do forever. Yeah, so that's amazing. I was just about to ask you plans for a second book. Oh yeah, for sure. Mountain biking adventures with Izzy and all her life lessons have. There's a lot. That's amazing. There's a lot. And what about um, a biography? Have you thought about that too? I definitely have. It's funny because I did another podcast earlier today for SRAM, one of my title mm-hmm. sponsors, and uh, 
I definitely was like, I've lived an interesting life from being on Survivor on reality TV and yeah. being married to a pro mountain biker when I knew, knew nothing about the sport, really. I raced because I liked riding bikes, but I didn't know about the industry to running a baseball team in Australia. I lived in Australia for what? three years. I did. I ran the baseball team called the Gold Coast Cougars. Oh my God, you're up in the Gold Coast. I was up they, the are Gold they still Coast. around, the oh Gold Coast Cougars? They are. They are still around, <laughs> the Gold Coast Cougars. I went to school for a semester at Bond University in, uh, in, the, in the Gold Coast, in mm -hmm. Surfers Paradise, which is such a joke. Um, and then I ended up <laughs> dating an Australian boy and just staying, and he played baseball. And I was like, I'll, get, I'll work for this team. And they didn't have a marketing person. And I was like 22 years old, like, I'll be your marketing person. Sure. <laughs> No idea what I was doing, but I had so You much fake fun. it till you make it. Fake oh, it yeah, till that you make was it. No one in Australia knew what baseball was. It's a cricket country, you know? So I was like, oh, this is going to be easy. I'll just educate you all about what it is. Yeah, people still don't know a lot of it. Yeah. What baseball is over Where did there. you grow up in Australia? In Melbourne, down okay. south. Yeah, I've been to Mount Buller. Yeah, Mount Buller was yeah. one of my favorites. Um, I learned to cross-country ski right around there in um, Lake Mountain. It's adjacent to it. My first snow camp ever was awesome. up there. We had to camp in the middle of the night. It was in the snow. It was not fun. Love it. But it was fun to go skiing, you know, at midnight with a full moon where you could see everything. Like, I remember that was amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm finally going to get to go back home next next year. My mom's turning the big seven zero, So we're all having like a huge mm -hmm. celebration for her. Awesome. Um, which is going to be awesome. When was the last time you were in Australia? Um, well, I was just there at Mount Buller to do, um, I spoke at the Australian bike something summit. I spoke at an Australian summit about ways to get more women into mountain biking. And I flew there on a broken foot and I had a knee scooter and I rode oh the pump God. track on the knee scooter and like, no, you did not track and like rebroke <laughs> my foot and then flew 14 hours home with a broken foot. Yeah. Oh so my I was, God. That was, um. 2018 yeah that's last time i was home was 2018 yeah, 2018 uh november 2018 oh my god you poor thing <laughs> i know i'm broken that's the worst like riding with uh with broken anything is really amazing yeah it was terrible um i just had someone on our instagram when i was asking people to send you questions they had they said that um they love your swag. They love all the swag that you post. Oh, I love it. We're about to post some more. Tell them to get ready to shop next week. Oh, I'm yeah? Sorry I didn't see your little thing to post oh, it. Oh, don't I be sorry at all. I'm not was, on there super often. I was, I work full time. Like I do have a full time job as well. And I've been on since like seven o'clock this morning. And oh. I finally was like, oh, I need to get some posts out to see you. Know? So it took me a second. Whatever. Well, we can do this again too. As you grow and get bigger, we should plan to do it again. Yeah, I definitely hope so. Um, thank you so much, Lindsay, for coming on. I really appreciate your time. I know it's for precious. Sure. And even though right now you're not in camps, you should definitely enjoy your downtime. And, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up next week. And I know yeah. you're probably going to have a bunch of uh, family time and good vacation and all that good stuff. Totally. It's the time of year to chill out a little bit before the next hustle. <laughs> Got to stretch. Keep stretching. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Thank you again. And uh, we'll chat soon. Have a yeah, great thanks. night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.